Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Tune Under podcast episode. Uh, I am Mark Scott, and I will be hosting today's episode um, with a little bit of a heavy heart after what was a pretty abysmal result, let's be fair. Uh, nothing that wasn't completely unexpected, but uh, it is what it is. Um, and joining me today is uh, Craig from Up in Cairns. Uh, how are you doing, Craig? I'm all good. You met yourself? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, getting a bit excited now for the UK trip um, coming up. This time next week, I'll be readying everything for heading off to the Arsenal game. So it uh, should be good fun. Look, you sod. Hopefully, tell us everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, it's been a long while coming, I have to say. So uh, quick shout out. Um, we are pushing uh, for a few more subs and everything from YouTube and followers on Twitter. So if you are liking this podcast and you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube. Hit us a like on this episode and uh, get back to us with any comments. And uh, we'll uh, we'll hit you up on, on our, our question and answer episodes as well. So uh, Without further ado, um, let's get on to what was a pretty abysmal game for Newcastle as we lost 5-0 at the Etihad. Uh, it was not hundredly percent unexpected, it has to be said. We we do have uh, a pretty bad record against Man City of late. Um, I can't remember, even remember the last time we, we actually won a game, so... It wasn't totally unexpected. Let's be honest that they're, they're a million miles away from us at the moment. Um, but you know, it, it's where we're aiming to. Uh, we've we've done well this season, and I think it just shows the golfing class that we're kind of still still having to kind of make up on on some of those top teams at the moment. So let's have a quick check of the teams. Uh, so starting with the Man City teams, Edison and goal Cancelo, who tore us a new one down there, right hand side again against uh, against this game. Uh, Diaz, Laporta, uh, Zinchenko, who I thought was a bit hit and miss. Um, Rodrigo played really well. Gundogan, uh, De Bruyne, obviously always class. Grealish, Sterling, and Jesus, Jesus, who depending on who you do. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a, a pretty pretty tasty lineup. And obviously, you know, as you expect with these sorts of top teams, the bench is just stuffed full of talent. Um, it's it's sort of. A bit, bit more than jealousy, I think, to to cool. say that you know we would love to have even one or two of those bench players to start for us at the moment. Um, that that's a, a pretty good lineup. What do you make of that lineup, Craig? It's world class, isn't it? Um, you know, those eleven would work would walk straight into our starting eleven, not a problem at all. And um, there's not one of those that you turn away from the squad. It just oozes class and quality in every position. Yeah, I mean, when you've got Foden on the bench, who is literally sort of almost first name on the team sheet for England these days, it's it's actually an embarrassment of riches they have. So, yeah, we, we have we have some work to do to catch up. Uh, it's safe to say, but you know, this this is what it's about. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. We will get mm -hmm. there eventually, and we have financial fair play to worry about. Where apparently Man City don't need to worry about that. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how we go. Uh, on to our team, uh, Dubravka and goal. Craft, Lascelles, Dan Byrne, and Target. So Lascelles coming in for the injured Shah, who did make the bench, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, Sean Longstaff came in, um, and so did uh, Miggy Almiron to come back in. Chris Wood came back in. Alan St. Maximin and Joe Linton and Bruno made up the midfield. Uh, interesting to see that uh, we had some injury concerns. Shelby and Willick both missed out. But the, the big news for us, obviously, is Kieran Trippier and... Uh, uh, and Chris uh, Callum Wilson uh, being named on the bench, uh, back from long, long-term injuries. Um, how good is it to see those two back from injury? It's absolutely superb, uh, especially for Wilson because we've been lacking goals so bad. And I want to touch on Chris Wood later on, but yeah, uh, Wilson a bit rusty, um, which is expected. But the fact that he's still our top goal scorer and he's been out since Christmas just speaks volumes of what the man's capable of doing when fit. And Trippier, uh, the man, he's a leader by example. And even the half an hour cameo he got, he uh, was still commanding that back fall. Even though we still conceded a few more, he was uh, still quality in there. Yeah, it was it was interesting to see how much of a leader he was as soon as he came on the pitch. Um, it may as well just give him the captain of armband now for next season because he just oozes leadership. Um, and, and it was like it was good to see like some quality balls going into the box again. Um, his his delivery into the box was was actually first class again. Uh, we we just 
we just lack that cutting edge up front. And I think, as you said, it's like the fact that Callum Wilson is still our top goal scorer and he's been out half the season really mm. does indicate exactly where our major problem is. And that's like, we just can't score goals. So, you know, and, and if you're going up against a team like Man City, then, you know, let's be fair here. We, we kind of need to really sort of be on top of our game. Um, and we just, we just don't have the quality to break them down on a regular basis. So, yeah, well, we'll get on to the game. Um, so let's have a quick recap. Um, so interestingly enough, we actually dominated possession for the first 15 or so minutes. Uh, we're, I think we're up 53 to whatever it was, percent possession. So we were we were actually doing okay. Uh, City had a couple of couple of chances that they they fashioned out of a few few forward forward runs. Um, one thing that was becoming quite apparent though is we were getting cut apart on our left-hand side. Um, a lot of space down the left. Um, most of it, St. Maximum not tracking back. Target being pulled inside by his his player. Um, very, very smart play from Man City, I thought. Uh, really did sort of try to capitalize on what they clearly identified as a weak spot and an, and an idea of, of being able to break us down. And, you know, it paid dividends. They had a few chances that came from those sorts of things, uh, but they couldn't take any. A few of the balls went over the box, uh, over the over the crossbar um, and just just sort of put wide. The uh, then then we actually had a little bit of uh, joy ourselves. Um, St. Maximin, um, much to what most people have been saying, is we need to see more co- more crosses. We need to see more passes. Uh, put an absolute beautiful ball into the box for Chris Wood. Uh, pretty much picked him out, um, and Chris Wood hit it straight at the keeper. And given the issues shall we say midweek with uh, St Maximin's comments about his teammates not being good enough to convert his chances and he would have more assists if, if they did uh it kind of really did raise a bit of a flag saying oh I bet he's going I told you so now um what did you make of that miss the uh, was six yards out either side of the keeper rates one nil and the game could have been a different uh, thing altogether. We've no idea whether uh, you know we would have got on to win the thing, but at least it would have gave us something to build on, something to protect effectively. And a striker of Chris Wood's aerial ability, he should be burying those things with his eyes shut. And the fact I went straight at Edison as well didn't even test the keeper. It was just—I uh, was infuriated by it because I could see Saint Maximan at the side again. He—he he must have been really angry with that because he had a little bit of work to get there. He got the cross and like you said it was a peach of a cross and it was just begging to be finished and it was just really really annoying because you, you sat there with Wilson on the bench and you're thinking you know Wilson would have buried that you really think you would have put that on the back of the net and it just I don't know why it's not clicking for Chris Wood and whether he's not getting the support whether he's not getting the crosses in but when he has he's kind of flucked his, uh, his chances to be honest and two goals in however many games suggest He's just not good enough for the club uh, in terms of a goal-scoring ability, but I can't fault with his work ethic. He's just not a natural finisher. Yeah, he's one of those players that he's working hard off the ball and he's he's doing that selfless thing for the team. And he does track back and he works hard and he closes players down. And it's something that I think we've all said about other players in the squad maybe not doing as often. Uh the, the the whole thing of being a striker though is you get judged on your goals and right now he's not producing the goods we desperately need somebody to start scoring goals and you know the criticism is going to come is only so many times you're going to be able to sort of forgive him for for not putting balls away like that the only thing i can think of is like it, he didn't expect it to come in it didn't expect him to reach him because he didn't seem ready to actually have a go it kind of almost bounced off him as opposed to him really powering that header home um he was flat-footed and i guess he kind of had to wait for the ball to come to him as opposed to running onto the ball maybe that had something to do it i don't know but yeah disappointing um that we could have put that pressure on man city after a bad result in in midweek in the champions league i think they were there for 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 having that early pressure put on them um and that would have just been absolutely priceless to see their response to to being under that that sort of scrutiny again uh wasn't to be um before long, uh, City were 1-0 ahead. Again, Cancelo streaming down the right-hand side for City. Um, not really tracked properly by St. Maximin. Um, target being dragged inside by his player. 
and you know just creating chances and rather than actually blaze the ball this time Cancelo actually headed it well basically crossed across the box found uh, Raheem Sterling and Raheem Sterling did not miss from that side um it's exactly the clinical striker that we need right now up front gets a chance bang straight in the middle in the net and and you know they're 1-0 up and and sort of can't say it wasn't coming but yeah a little bit disappointing after after our miss not so not so long before that so i mean it was a really good move but what did you make of the defending on that particular goal the left hand side of ours was problematic all game and that was just the start of everything uh, I think once they got the first goal from that, they were always going to try for a second from that position and so on. Uh, Target had probably one of these poor games for us. But again, when you put them against the quality of the opposition that is Manchester City, you, you're never going to perform as best as you can. You're never going to have a worldie against those lot. Again, they've just got quality throughout the squad. The goal... Could it have been avoided? Yes, if Maxi was tracking back. I'm not going to slate Maxi again for not getting back as much as he should do because that's not his priority in the squad. But he does need to help out more uh, in that position, especially against such quality as Man City. Against the lesser teams, like if you're Brighton, your Wolves, uh, your Leicester, that sort of thing, maybe not. But when Man City are in attack, you pretty much need all 11 people behind the ball. Yeah, I think that's the problem. It's just at the moment we needed everybody behind the ball. We needed everybody doing their jobs defensively to hold Man City out. And if there's a weak link in that chain, then it's going to break. And unfortunately, Maxi seems to be that weak link in in the way that Eddie Howe's setting the team up at the moment. And I think that goal was was a prime example of that for us. Uh, we did have the ball in the back of the net not so long after that. Um, it was actually a pretty good move. Came from a corner. Um, came in, we, we sort of had uh, Chris Wood headed the ball back. He actually had scored. It came off Bruno, unfortunately, and was rightly ruled offside. Um, just one of those things, I guess. I mean, that would have been nice if that had gone back in. Probably could have given us a little bit of belief. May, again, have put some pressure on Man City to to produce. Could have turned the crowd after after the midweek uh, shenanigans. So, I mean, it was it was disappointing. Um, did, you, did you think that that was could have been avoided i mean there was nothing much bruno could have done about it it kind of hit him um yeah zero reaction time at all to it uh, it was just again one of those things uh, and fair play for chris wood trying to get it into the back of the net uh he could have let his head drop from uh, that earlier miss but he did uh put that one in but yeah it was rightly ruled offside and from then to be honest i think man city realized that they need to score a second just to take the wind out of our sails and that's pretty much what they've done straight from there really yeah we, we kind of uh found ourselves with a shot at Dubravka and shout out to Lee he'll be he was no doubt doing his nutting uh at Dubravka flapping at another ball um didn't really do much with it then missed the the actual follow-up actually had two chances to grab the ball and missed both of them um, and you know you can't give Man a team like Man City with that much quality uh, a couple of a couple of chances at, at scoring a goal from from fumbles and, and missed missed clearances or anything like that. So yeah, Dubravka completely at fault for the second goal. I thought uh, you're you're okay with that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it was one hundred percent a Dubravka fault. However, the our back four were like statues. Uh, they just did not react as well as the Man City players did. And, you know, if uh, one of them could have turned around and been a little bit sharper, maybe it could have been avoided. Uh, but, yeah, it was all the Bravka's error. Yeah, I, I think... I think I was having a chat to someone on online today on uh, on Twitter about Lascelles, and he's just regressed so much from under Rafa. Um, under Rafa, he was never he's never our best defender, but you know he just never seemed comfortable in the game against Man City, and he's always been that player where he may not be the best skilled player, but he's always kind of made everyone around him better than the sum of their parts. And at the moment, he's just like, he again, he's another weak link in that squad at the moment. And much of it's definitely down to the fact that he's just not comfortable with the ball at his feet. And that's the way, that's the way that Eddie Howe wants to play the play football. Um, and he's another one that I can see really struggling to stay in this squad, just be purely and simply, because I just don't think his game's suited to the way Howe wants to play. Um, and then 
So we we basically went in at halftime 2-0 down. Um, it's not, not embarrassing, it has to be said. We had a few chances ourselves, so, you know, we can't really complain too much. But then Man City just overtook us in the second half. They they dominated possession. I think we had like 3% possession at one point when the, when the stats came up. We were just overrun. 1%. 1%. You know, it's just... That's laughable. Um, I don't care who the team is. You should be able to hold on to the ball more than that. And, yeah. you know, Bruno was rushed in midfield. It didn't help his red, his yellow card. And I will say this, that, that the commentator on Optus today was pissing me off because every single time there was a commentary uh, to be made, it was always pro Man City. He couldn't wait to get Bruno sent off. Um, and, you know, Dan, Bar Dan Byrne and same. Dan Byrne had a bit of argy-bargy in the box and he was, one of the commentators literally said, it's like, oh, well, how is that not a penalty? He should be sent off for that. It's just like, yeah, the ball wasn't in play, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he's commentator, he's co-commentator is literally having to tell him the rules of the game. And that's just shocking. It's just so much bias. So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with that. But, you know, um, Man City can't can't complain that they they went in and scored a third. Um, and this is what we were saying. Lascelles doesn't seem to be commanding the box anywhere near like he did. And, you know, Dubravka probably had the ball covered for the third. It came in, um, Lascelles headed the ball out rather than let Dubravka call it. Maybe there was lack of communication. Maybe they're just, you know, not on the same wavelength at the moment. We don't know. But, you know, they, they sent it out for a corner, which should have been just straight into the keeper's arms. And then City score from the, from the corner that resulted from that. I cannot fault their corner. It was an absolute peach of a delivery powered in at the near post defend uh, the um uh, rodri came straight across headed it straight in uh, at the near post and you know there was no way the keeper was ever stopping that the defenders were, were powerless to it but it should never have been a corner in the first place if lascelles had done his job and now maybe i'm being harsh uh, what do you what do you reckon i can see the reason why lascelles put it over uh purely as a instinct reaction type thing but yeah, the Dubravka, he needs to be more vocal. He needs to shout, be more commanding of his box. And that is one of his biggest criticisms. And that third goal was pretty much curtains for us then. Yeah, there's not, not a lot you can do against uh, a team like Manchester City when you're 1-0 down, let alone 3-0 down. Um, you know, realistically, we, we then saw um, two absolutely club heroes come on the pitch uh welcome back to kieran trippier and callum wilson off the bench gave them about half an hour to try and affect the game and i think the injection of quality was there for all to see uh i mean it's such a nice feeling to have those two back not even just in the squad but actually on the pitch playing again um the the quality and the leadership from both of them but trippier especially was just first rate i mean we were, we were talking off air so so walk walk us through your your feelings on trippier coming back into the fold well, to be honest, uh, we ran a poll on Twitter a few days ago of whether the two should even be involved in this squad. And I was against both of them actually coming in because I didn't want them to risk to get injured again or anything like that. But to be honest, the, the lift it gave just seeing them two on the touchline, just for me personally, probably for every other fan, uh, was quite a big one. It would just say, you know, we're two quality players who have actually come back. It's a shame they couldn't have come back you know, uh, five, six, seven games ago, because who knows where we could have been then. But yeah, the Trippier, as mentioned before, he's a leader amongst men, and Wilson, he is quality when he's fit. Yeah, so Callum Wilson did have the two chances later on in the game. Uh, he's, he's, he's sort of missed both of them. Um, I had a, had a chat to someone on, on Twitter today basically saying, look, he, he's not the clinical finisher that we all think he is. And and there is a, some some aspect of that, but I mean, would you put that down to Wilson needs a couple of chances or is it literally just sort of he's, he's a bit rusty because he's been out for so long? Uh, I, I mean, you would expect Wilson to to score, you know, and a top striker to score one one of those two chances at least. Not that it's going to affect the game at that point. Let's not be let's not be hasty with that. You know, the game was done and dusted at 2-0 at, at probably for us, let alone at 3-0. But it would have been a... a bit of a boost for the squad if not Wilson himself just to just to bang one of those goals and one of those chances in uh moving forward what what did you make of those yeah I think the, the first one which was I think it was a through ball from Bruno I'm not too sure uh which just split the Man City defense 
and he was almost one-on-one -on -one with uh, Edison. I thought he was just going to dink it over when he seen Edison go uh, to the floor, but he tried to put it to the side of him, and with his arms outstretched, he was always going to get something on it. Uh, again, maybe that is rust. Maybe he was just being a little bit naive, um, or it's just fantastic goalkeeping because Edison is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and he just uh, read where he was going to put the ball, uh, purely off Wilson's body language. Uh, he is very, very good at doing that. Um, but I think in any other type of game, uh, maybe Arsenal when he's a little bit fresher or against Burnley, he'd be finishing those. Yeah, I hope so. If I think if we can finish off, even if we don't win against Arsenal, obviously I'm biased because I'm going to be there. So I'm kind of, <laughs> yeah, come on. I hope, I hope we win. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere. But realistically speaking, you know, we've done so well and I'm going to touch on this after, after we've finished the game. But if we can, you know, just get a couple of goals from the likes of, you know, it would be great to have Wilson score a goal, see a, a Kieran Trippier free kick, and it just kind of ticks that box for like, yeah, here's something for next season. This is what we've got to look forward to. And keep in mind that we're going to add more of these style players to this squad to really improve even more. Uh, and that's got to be a huge boost for the fans, bit of a buzz for ready for next season. So, yeah, obviously we, we considered two more two more goals in injury time. Um, you know, Raheem Sterling scored another one, um, got his brace, and Phil Foden um, scored one off the bench as well. And it just shows you the quality that they've got in depth on that that squad. It's just ridiculous. Um, realistically, by that stage, I'd kind of tuned out. I was just like, yeah, it's gone on in the background. Um, at 3-0, it was down and dusted. At 5-0, it was just like, well, yeah, no, that's a bad day at the office. Let's just let's just draw a line under that and move on. Um, mm -hmm. What did you make of those last two goals? Do you think it was just like they they'd kind of just switched off because it was over it was it was in injury time they're not going to get it back from there or do you think it was just like man city wanting to wanting to prove a point after the midweek shenanigans to be honest i think it, the scoreline if anything almost flattered man city be, purely because i don't think they deserved to score five goals and we certainly didn't deserve to concede five and the last two, they were scrappy. They were the type of goals that you do concede towards the end of the game when fatigue and everything like that kicks in. And Foden, he was just fresh off the bench. Um, not shortly, uh, not long before he, he scored that goal. And I think it was, I don't know if it was a deflection that brought the ball into his path or whether it was just a well-placed path. I can't remember, to be honest. Um, but he, he finished it quite well. Uh, down to where Dubravka's right, I think. And the fifth one, again, just a scrappy little tapping effectively and those are the type of things that we will need to eradicate from our game next season and have that focus for not just 90 minutes but 95 minutes if we absolutely yeah. have to because it's goals like that will define whether you finish 15th 10th or 5th you know uh they yeah. are big game decisions and they make or break your season no, definitely. So uh, let's have a quick check on the stats, even though this is pretty depressing reading um, and I'm going to get my wine back out is my commiseratory uh, beverage of choice for tonight. Uh, so, yeah, we've got, um, you know, that that possession, given that we were actually at least somewhat in the game in the first half, they, they just overran us in the second half a bit to 71 percent. Uh, possession into Man City's favour is just it's just laughable. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about that. Uh, 21 shots to seven, nine shots on target to three, eight corners to two. You know, we, we fouled them more. I don't think it was a particularly scrappy game. I thought we had a couple of fouls where, you know, our players were maybe just trying to assert themselves physically onto Man City players and, and were probably rightly called up for it. I don't think... Um, I don't think we've really got much to complain about with with Bruno's yellow card. Uh, yeah. Dan Byrne had about three or four pops at uh, I think was it Rodri or someone like that that he was trying to mark. Uh, Laporte. Um, ah, Laporte. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it was just it was that one. They just you know you can't have a wrestling match in the box for like five attempts in a row while the refs literally just just told you off for it. So you know I can't complain at the refereeing. Um, we just. Yeah, we just didn't get our didn't get our teeth into the game at all. Um, what are you making of those stats? Because to me, that just is probably whoops. Um, sorry, I've uh, gone off technical glitches. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's just not, not not pleasant reading at all. It's not, but it does paint a picture of where Man City are and where we are in terms of overall scope. Uh, they are head and shoulders above most teams in the world, to be honest. 
and we are a team that is on the up, but we are a team that should be going down. Um, we are still in disbelief that we're still sat in 13th, to be honest. Um, it still baffles me. Uh, but the fact, we, you know, we still had shots on target. We had more shots on target away at a Man City than we did at home to Liverpool. So we, we did try. And if we had a went toe-to-toe with Man City, it would have been a cricket score. Absolutely. You just can't do it against a team of that quality. So we had to get the balance right. And unfortunately, that balance just fell apart in the second half. And yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you can fault the the tactics. To to me, it was like it was a yeah. good game plan. You know, you can't go completely gung ho against them. You're going to get torn apart. We did create chances. We conceded sloppy goals, and we haven't been conceding sloppy goals for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. We got torn apart by Tottenham, but that was just because we were leaving ourselves way too open for the counter attack. And when you've got Son and Kane, and Kane's pinging the balls around, and Son's running onto them, you're always going to get torn apart. But realistically, we've ne- we haven't conceded like really, really sloppy goals for for quite some time. We've actually been pretty pretty disciplined, pretty pretty tight at the back. <clears throat> but this game, you know, two of the ga- two of the goals were keeper error, miscommunication between the the centre back and the keeper. Um, you know, another goal was down to just this constant threat down their right hand side from not really tracking back properly. You know, it was like you know avoidable goals, and I think that's that's a little bit of frustration. It's potentially just the fact that the players never really believed that they were in the race to start with. Who knows? Um, maybe they've all signed off for the season. I don't think Eddie Howe has, and I don't think the players that have done that will be viewed particularly uh, fondly by Eddie Howe in the in the coming weeks uh, as he makes his decisions on who's staying mm-hmm. and who's going. But, you know, realistically speaking, it's like I, I don't think we were embarrassed. I think the scoreline was potentially a little bit over the top compared to what we actually had. So, uh, I mean, the, the the league table doesn't lie. Look, Man City's on top. They, they're clear point clear on top now as well, thanks to Liverpool slipping up. So, you know, they, their goal difference has certainly uh, taken a little bit of a, a rise on, on the back of this result as well. So uh, um, City are going to be doing something pretty bad now to, to throw this title away, I think. Um, do you think that's all, all tied up now, Craig, or do you still think there's there's some twists and turns? Uh, Man City have still got to play West Ham, and West Ham they're fighting for a European position, and they're going to be hurting from their European exit as well. They got the semi final just like uh, Man City did, so you never know. I don't know where that game's at, I don't know whether it's at uh, in London or in Manchester, but that could be a crucial game. But apart from that potential banana skin, I can't see Man City slipping up anywhere else. Yeah, it's 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 just um, yeah. I think they've got they kind of got to do something really catastrophic to to blow this lead now. I mean, they can afford to basically lose a game now, <clears throat> and still, uh, as long as they don't lose it too heavily, they've they've got a a, a, gush, a cushion for their goal difference. So, uh, and we're still sitting in thirteenth, and I am still pretty happy with that. You know, we've lost <laughs> two games in a row against top-notch opposition. Um, there's no there's no embarrassment in losing to Man City and Liverpool. We are not there yet. Um, and I'd like to sort of take this opportunity to kind of ask everybody on social media who is losing their collective shit right now about this result to just take a step back, calm your collective tits, and (laughs) just genuinely realise where we started this season at under Bruce, how took over we were rock bottom in the league, and we were literally scraping around for every single point we can. Right now, we are 43 points. I don't think any team's gone down if they've been over 40 points, if I'm right. Uh, and, you know, we're literally sitting here talking about a team that has now turned around and done the impossible. No team has ever stayed up after failing to win their first 14 games in the league. So, you know, as well. Stayed and comfortably. This is not like yeah. like we thought where we were going to be scraping 17th on the last day of the season away to Burnley. You mm-hmm. know, we, we are comfortably in mid-table now. And that, that to me is something to be really proud of. I think every single player and the coaches and the owners and even the fans who have, have supported this club through, through this really tough season, I think everybody deserves some credit. Um, and losing against Manchester City, they are so far above where we are right now. That is where we're aiming. We are nowhere near there yet. And I think it's worth noting that. I don't think that it's, you know, by all means be disappointed. 
but don't abuse players, don't abuse the club, don't abuse anybody else associated with the club because what they've done this season is an absolute miracle. And to lose to Liverpool and Man City, who are top two in the league at the moment and two of the best teams in Europe who are, you know, were, were fractions of a game away from being in a, a Champions League final together, there's no shame in that. Um, and I think it's a bit of perspective. Um, hopefully we can we can all sort of realise this and move forward, get behind the lads. Last home game of the season against Arsenal, it should be in a spectacular atmosphere. Um, and, you know, give give them a, a fully deserved round of applause when they do their their anticipated um, lap of honour because they fully deserve it. What's your what's your thoughts, Craig? Totally agree. And again, I, I love the from calm your collective tits. I think that wins uh, YouTube for the day. I think that is genuinely brilliant. And again, just to touch on that as well, if you think about 10 days ago, however long it was, Man City put four past Real Madrid, the Spanish champions. And, you know, yes, we conceded five. We are nowhere near the same caliber as Real Madrid, not even anywhere close. And, you know, the... The difference is there. There's only one goal in it. Yeah, Madrid did score three. We were never going to score three. And I just want to touch on as well is how shit were the Man City fans? <laughs> Genuinely, it took them till the third goal in 60 minutes before I even realised there was any of them in the any of them in the ground. Uh, the commentators actually did praise the Newcastle fans. You know, travelling their thousands as they do, sell out every home game, sell out every away game, and it's all you could hear. They're 3-0 up, and you'd think we're in church. Yeah. It was genuinely baffling. I don't know whether they've got so used to success now that they don't find it appealing to watch. They don't feel like they need to cheer or anything anymore. And that was the one thing I would absolutely hate for our club to become so successful that it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it's being successful, but they're still appreciating it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, there's there's still plenty of Newcastle fans that even if we do get some success, they're still going to sort of back the club because they're going to enjoy it for everything it's worth. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is a shame. Um, it, it's worth the, the, the club for me, um, Man City don't seem to have that passion behind their club anymore, and I and I don't know if it, as you said, I don't know if it is that that apathy with the oh we've just spent all this money so we haven't really earned it. But every club spends money, and you know every club that wins anything has spent money, so it's it's just yeah it's a little bit weird for me. Um, but you know it is what it is. Let's hope we don't quite get to that point. Uh, and then our last two games of the season, um, just briefly, we've got uh, the game that I am absolutely buzzing for is Newcastle at home to Arsenal for the last home game of the season. I have tickets. Thank you very much for Jack uh, from the podcast for organizing his mate to, to get tickets for, for me and the other half. Um, flying out to the UK Wednesday, um, and it's going to be an absolute buzz. Uh, her first game, I've haven't been there since I had my season ticket, basically, and it's going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Win, lose, or draw, um, I hope the players come out to an absolutely fantastic reception. Uh, they fully deserve it. I'm looking forward to seeing them do a do a lap of honour. Uh, and then Burnley, last game of the season, and hopefully, um, I think, bar an absolute miracle from Leeds uh, to turn around their goal difference, I think we're actually pretty much mathematically safe now. Yeah, um, I'd say so. I think it's like literally on there's only goal difference could could get leads above us now if they won every game and we lost every game. So um, I've kind of stopped worrying about that mathematical safety margin uh, a while back. Uh, Jack will be pleased to know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, it's pretty much there now. And you know, hopefully we can go to Burnley and and get a bit of a yeah get a bit of a party atmosphere going. Is is looking forward to the new season. Um, hopefully we can lose to Burnley and it puts Everton down. Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing with that is I was actually thinking about that is how ironic would it be if Chris Wood scores the goal that sends Burnley down? Yeah, yes, I've I've thought about that as well. Um yeah. Yeah, we'll, even Trippier because we'll... he played for Burnley as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it could be it could be an interesting last day of the season. Um hopefully it's uh 
just a nice, nice gentle stroll on the park for us. The players are up for it, but just want to sort of sign the season off, uh, put themselves in the the manager's view for for the coming season. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's it for the match. Um, I'm going to close our window here. So, yeah, a uh, couple of things just to kind of touch on. Um, obviously, Saint Maximin is is back in the in the the topics of concern again. I genuinely thought he had um, probably his best game for us for a long time. You know, keeping in mind he's up against Man City, who are no slouches when it comes to defending. He didn't get a lot of space, didn't get a lot of time on the ball, but none of our players did. He actually created a few threats going forward, put that really nice ball in for Chris Wood um, to head straight at the keeper. He just disappoints when it comes to the defensive lapses where he doesn't track back and he's too busy limping when things go wrong to actually then go and close his man down. So it's that sort of like conundrum where I like him as a player. I like him as a Twitter personality. I think he's great fun. I struggle to to sort of like tie that in with a player that you want to build into a, a team going forward with a with a style of football like like Eddie Howe wants to play. Now I know we've been through this last week and and whether or not we're selling him, whether or not we're keeping him, and I'm not going to go back over that. But what did you make of his performance against Manchester City uh, overall? Um, and what do you see from him going forward? I am uh, agree with you. That was one of his better performances. Uh, especially against the quality side as well. Uh, he was an early threat. He used his pace to his advantage. And there was times when he was the only man up top of the pitch where, again, a long ball or a through ball will be played. And he's the only Newcastle player within 30, 40 yards. And the Man City defenders around him are like flies on shit. So you're not going to go anywhere. There's nothing you can do with that ball. The game, they're just going to press you, uh, push you wide, which is exactly what they've done. And... He had, just as we've been saying, Chris Wood has had a lack of support. I think uh, ASM had a lack of support today as well because there wasn't really any pace in midfield. Uh, Willock was missing. We had long stuff in there who, as we know, isn't uh, the quickest of uh, of the heels. So I don't necessarily want to say he had a bad game because, yes, defensively, he needs to do better. But he's there to score goals and to create goals. But at the minute, he's not even doing that either, is he? He hasn't scored since 16th of January. And we're now 9th of March at time of recording. It's 9th of May, sorry. Um, That is a hell of a time for a player of his quality to go without a goal. And he hasn't even come close to scoring lately either, to be honest. Every shot he's taken has been, what, either flashed wide, 30, 40 yards over the bar. He's just not even testing the keeper. But apparently, Eddie Howe said last week that he's actually on striking um, duty now in training. He's doing extra uh, training for finishing everything like that. So it's clearly not working. Um, no. Not yet anyway. But, but he seems to be trying to overpower the ball into the into the to the goal as well. He's not like he's placing it. I mean, we remember Almiron's like nice little curved ball into the top corner not so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um ASM just seems to like try and leather the ball every single time he gets it. There's no finesse. There's no placement. It's just hit it and hope. Um, and I, and that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. yeah um, and what? what? Sorry, go, Craig. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope he can get a goal against Arsenal or Burnley. And just so he can end the season on a, a high, a go away for a preseason, go back to France, do whatever he needs to, take a long break, relax come back and either ready to go, all guns blazing for next season, or you think, you know what, my time's up here, I want to move on, but at least make that decision beforehand, because we all know when he's on form, he's unplayable. And that's the ASM we want on the the pitch every single time. Hopefully you get to experience that against Arsenal and he tears him a new one. Uh, That'd be awesome for you. Um, That we will see come week Tuesday, I think it is. And yeah, it's it's a conundrum which hopefully Eddie Howe knows the answer to. Uh, come the final whistle against Burnley and what his plans are for the future. Do you think he's trying too hard to get back into the limelight? Because he strikes me as a player who wants to be the main man, and we've said this before, where he has to be the star player and he everyone has to love him. And he was under Bruce because we had literally nothing else going. So everything ran through him. He also had more space to run into under Bruce because we were very, very deep, deep set 
So we were defending deep. We had nobody up. So it was just like lump the ball up to him and hope for the best. Where now Eddie Howe's trying to build up from the back and we're trying to press higher. So he's not got that space to run into anymore for, for the majority of games. So, but do you think that he's like maybe just trying a bit too hard to impress given that apparently there is contract negotiations on the table as well for him? Right. Um I don't necessarily think he's trying too hard. Uh, I I just think he's he he. The comment he made the other day about the not having good players around him and everything. Whether he did mean that, whether it was taken out of context or anything, we will never know. To be honest, I personally do think there is some truth in it. I think he's a very honest person, and he will tell it like it is. Uh, we've seen that in other interviews he's done before, and. He is right in some regard that he doesn't have quality players around him. And so he's probably taking a lot of that on himself and say, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And we have invested in quality in the team. You know, we've got Bruno in January, who's just been sensational. Uh, we got Target behind him, who gives him that little bit extra freedom to push forward. I, I, I just don't know what's happening with him because since well, maybe the Everton game was his last good game. And that was, was that January? It would have been, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, just at the end of the transfer window. And since then, he's just went downhill. And whether it's a mentality thing, whether he is still injured, he's not fully fit, or he's just feel like his time at the club is up. Who knows? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, as you said, hopefully he can get something going against Arsenal. There's there's no pressure there now. Um, I mean, Arsenal is still, still trying for Europe, so... Um, they're, they're going to still push on, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, St. Maxi's got a got a couple of extra games up his sleeve now to to really prove himself before the end of the season. Um, you know, it's it's never going to be easy against Liverpool and Man City, so let's see what Arsenal and Burnley can hold for him. So that's the end of the game, but we've got a couple of extra things uh, we're gonna we're gonna touch on um, just quickly before we sign off. Uh, uh, there's been an announcement where the club has actually submitted plans for an expansion of the current training facilities. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic and uh, no more uh, paddling pools and, and ice baths in bins apparently because they are going to uh, sort of try and add in uh, an actual hydrotherapy pool which is uh, which is going to be uh, unheard of in these parts <laughs> so that will be quite nice um, it's it's actually a really nice idea because they obviously want to build like a, a true super state-of-the-art um, training complex but that's not going to happen overnight uh but it shows that they're actually looking well. Look, we can actually build on here, build a bit of bit of better facilities for for right here and now, while the other stuff's being built. And we can do this quickly. We can get a few extra extra features for our players um, with the proviso that you know, well, look, we're going to move into our new site as and when it's ready, and that's going to be our big state of the art thing. Um, what are you making of that, Craig? Because I think it's an absolute ripper of an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm surprised. It wasn't done a few years ago. I mean, we all know Ashley was as tight as a duck's arse in a rainstorm. Um, so he wasn't going to do anything like that. Um, but he, he could have at least gave them more than just uh, the walls of like a paint. Apparently, that's all they had in the 14 years. I think uh, Darcy Park's been open. Uh, he could have done a few things. Uh, just upgrade the gym equipment, apparently, because a lot of that is shoddy as well. Um, they're all getting replaced for uh, modern high-tech equipment. And the fact the players don't have to go to a, a local uh, hotel or health spa to use the swimming pool anymore uh, is going to be absolutely superb. They can do all the rehabilitation on site. They don't have to go anywhere else to do it. And that just means the managers, the coaches, they can keep that extra eye on how they are doing in their rehab. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. And again, it just comes down to the, like these little things that we kind of most clubs would probably take for granted, and we're over the moon because our own our new owners are like investing a bit of money to actually give the players better facilities, and you know it's 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 good to see, and it's another massive tick of approval for for Amanda and and Murdad who have really pushed everything that they can with the club uh, in the short term that that they're able to actually affect. And yeah, there will be long-term plans, but right now they seem to be ticking all the boxes for the short-term um, sort of uh, substance at the club, I guess you would say. So uh, the there are... The club has also announced uh, plans for a preseason tour. Um, it isn't coming to Australia, sadly. I uh, would love to have seen them out here. Um, I do have my tickets for the Leeds Aston Villa game at uh, Suncorp here in Brisbane. Um, so that that's at least getting a little bit of Premier League football potentially. We may be Championship against. 
Premier League if uh, Leeds <laughs> go down. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not going to be the same without watching the tune. So uh, they are tipped to go to America. Um, it is uh, the the US. Sorry, um, North America. The uh, there's no specifics on on where they're going yet. So everyone's kind of hustling backwards and forwards to say, oh, you should come here, you should go there. Um, what do you make of this? And do you think it's it's a good idea for them to head out there um, for sponsorship reasons? Maybe it's a, it's a launch thing. Maybe it's just a, a more publicity thing from getting to North America. But, you know, there's a, there's a huge market in Asia. There's a huge market in kind of like, you know, you know South America as well, I guess. So do you think North America is, is the, the, the be all and end all right now to go and sort of crack that market? I think over the next few years, they're actually going to go on like a mini world tour effectively, uh, get the brand out there. And the States is a good market to tap in. Uh, there are quite a few Newcastle-based fan groups over in America, uh, purely just due to its size, to be honest. And if we can build a fan base there, uh, get more players supporting the club, get more shirts sold over there, more revenue coming into the club, and that just expands the fan base, which then has almost like an umbrella effect uh, across the world as well. And it can only be a benefit of the club. I think they, they went over there a good few years ago when Pardew, I think, was the manager. Yeah. Um, and even McLaren as well, I think it was. Uh, so they're no strangers to going over there. And they've got quite a good uh, setup in their facilities for training, that sort of thing. So hopefully it's good. Hopefully it pays off. And I think you're right about it being a bit more than just a an overseas training session, I do think there's maybe going to be a kit launch or something like that, which would just make perfect sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting with that. The the kits, we're seeing more and more um, Newcastle tops floating around Brisbane at the moment, uh, which is nice to see. So, you know, either fans are getting on board or old fans are coming out the woodwork now that we're actually starting to, to have something to cheer again. Um, it's not, not just the Ashley era of... Uh, down in the doldrums so yeah it's good it's really good to see that those those um those shirts are starting to to get a run out now the uh the new shirt is still conspicuously absent as is a new sponsor deal um that is something that historically and we we talked about this before the game uh before the before the podcast sorry that um typically there's always been this history where the new shirt and the the sponsor or whatever has been announced and they've always worn it at the last home game of the season um, there's been no, not even any rumbles of that. So whether or not there's issues going on with getting the sponsorship sorted out, they're trying to like make sure they tick all the tick all the boxes, um, cross the I's and dot the T's, uh, so to speak. So hopefully um, there's something in the pipeline. Uh, I, I genuinely want it to be released because I want to buy one while I'm over there. So um, do you think there's anything to to worry about in terms of the sponsorship deals affecting the the shirt launch, or do you think it's just going to be a case of look, we might be assessing our options and, and you know, we're, we're going to take our time. and um, It could be down to the fact that Fund 88 have a, a legal contract which states they must be on the front of all shirts for the remainder of the season. It could be something as that. And it might just be a case of, right, okay, we don't want to breach that contract. Uh, because to be honest, I've quite enjoyed Fun88. Uh, they've been quite a laugh on Twitter and whatever. It'd be nice to keep them around as like the, the betting partner, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, but I think that may be the only stumbling block. I do think the, the shirts will be finalised, be ready. I think the sponsor will be ready. If not, it'll be almost close to the ink drying on the paperwork. Uh, it's going to be something Saudi-related. Uh, I think that's inevitable. Um, if not, be something linked to Saudi Arabia anyway. And will we get an announcement um, just as the, the season ends? Who knows? Uh, it'd be good if we did, because again, if you can pick up a shirt, you can bring me one back when I meet you in uh, Brisbane at the back end of June, because I want one as well. <laughs> no, definitely, yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> have a bit of a tune under pod uh, catch up in Brizzy for a few beers. Mm -hmm. It should be, should be good. Um, and then lastly, uh, just a quick shout out for uh, Kel Watts, who was promoted with the Wigan side. And a huge shout out to Elliot Anderson, who has absolutely been flying at Bristol City. Um, Bristol City went into their last game of the season needing to win by seven goals uh, to, to clinch promotion. Uh, they won 7-0 with uh, Elliot 
actually scoring the last goal. So absolutely brilliant for him. Uh, I don't think he'll actually have to buy a drink if he ever goes to Bristol City ever again. You know, he, he's done really well. The, their fans have been so pleased to have him there. Uh, the Geordie Maradona they were singing in the streets. So, you know, one for the future for us. Um, hopefully that, you know, he gets a chance to keep developing, even if he doesn't get to play for us next season. Um, hopefully get him on loan to a championship club. It would be nice to kind of maybe... Sorry? Not West Brom. No, not West Brom. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, way, way to way to set your development back as a player. Um, well, who knows? Steve Bruce might not even be there next season. But, you know, if, if he... I was thinking, like, he's actually back from loan now. So he's actually eligible to play in the Arsenal and Burnley games. So I'd, I'd throw him in. Like, at least stick yeah. him on the bench, give him some exposure on of the, of the crowd at St. James's. So even if he doesn't play here next season... He knows what he's working towards, and that would just be fantastic for the player. And I think if he even came on as a, a cameo for a minute at the end of the game, I think the crowd would give him a huge welcome. Um, and that's got to be like a big buzz for him to kind of be, be moving forward in his career going, yeah, I want more of that. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be quite good to, to see his development. I don't want people to put too much pressure on him. Um, we've done this plenty of time with players in the past who have performed well at lower leagues or in the reserves, and, and they're going to be the new Shearer or the, the next Peter Beardsley. But this kid looks like he's got a little bit of extra in his, in his bag. He, he's got good ball control. He seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders. So, you know, um, from what I've seen, he's, he's scoring some good goals and, and playing well. So long may it continue. Um, and may he be the first of many to come through the academy to uh, bolster our first team. So we're going to call it there. Um, thanks very much, Craig. Anything else you want to add before we call it quits? No, uh, just hope you enjoy uh, the tune when you go over there. Uh, get smashed. Uh, have plenty of uh, peas, pudding and ham stotties. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> And if you see Amanda, tell her uh, we'll say hello. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Um, it's been you know two and a half years since I've been over to see family and friends, so it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a bit of a big reunion. I'm really looking forward to it. got a wedding while I'm over there for someone. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be pretty good. But yeah, the the highlight so far I'm looking forward to is going to be the Arsenal game. Um, back to St James's, where it all where it all kind of kicked off for me supporting the club. So, yeah, long way it continue. Um, thanks very much for watching, everyone, uh, and listening on uh, YouTube and uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever we are these days. Uh, please drop us a like, uh, follow, sub, and uh, give us some comments and hit us up with any questions you want us to cover in the next couple of podcasts. Obviously, we are running into the last bit of the season. We were pushing for five hundred. Please give us a, a shout out to some of your mates get us get us pushing towards that number um and then yeah we're going to try and hit out some uh, some fan question sessions during the off season as well as trying to keep on top of some of that uh, crazy crazy transfer gossip that that'll be coming our way so uh thanks very much craig uh pleasure chatting to you again for about uh, about uh, what was a depressing game but let's be fair let's keep things in perspective um yep. and we'll look forwards onwards and upwards to the arsenal game so thanks very much everyone and i uh, will catch you later Thank you very much. Good night.